Thank you for tuning in to the Practical Preservation Podcast. Please take a moment to visit our website, practicalpreservationservices.com, for additional information and tips to help you restore your historical home. If you've not done so, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, and also like us on Facebook. Welcome to the Practical Preservation Podcast, hosted by Danielle and Jonathan Kepperling. Kepperling Preservation Services is a family-owned business based in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, dedicated to the preservation of our built architectural history for today's use as well as future generations. Our weekly podcast provides you with expert advice specific to the unique needs of renovating a historic home, educating by sharing our from-the-trenches preservation knowledge and our guests' expertise, balancing modern needs while maintaining the historical significance, character, and beauty of your period home. Today on the Practical Preservation Podcast, I have uh, with us Christopher Rivera, the director of the Columbia um, Historic Preservation Society. Thanks for joining joining me today, Chris. Nice to be with you. So tell me about your background. Oh, well, my background is just growing up in Columbia. Uh, we had seven kids in my family. My father was a, a dedicated uh, uh, dairy manager for Pantry Pride back in the day in Columbia. And, uh, you know, how I got to be so passionate about what I do is I would start working for elderly people down the street from me at eight years old, and I just went through loving what I did for them. And I, you know, you know, they would tell me stories about the town, things like that. And even up into my teenage years, up to I was sixteen, I worked for Mary Schumann, who had a little restaurant on Locust Street here in Columbia, and. Uh, she would sit there with her Pall Mall non-filter cigarettes at 89 <laughs> years old and just keep on plowing down, telling me stories about the history of Columbia, and it just took, you know. Right. And and then that, my passion for Columbia history was just taken off because even though the schools really never taught it, mm. I did have one class that I aced over 100% for the market period because it was Columbia history. But uh, it, I don't know, it's just a passion of what it was, you know, yeah. what, what it could be in the future. And digging up old history that, uh, that nobody knows about. Right, or that people forgot. They, they, they somebody forgot. knew, but but, right. but everybody right. that knew isn't here anymore. So right, now, exactly. Yeah. You know, all the all the, you know, the generals that we had in this town. I mean, we had, Columbia had ten generals. That's the most per capita in the United States. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know that's including the Navy with, with the corporals and right. things like that. But yeah, I mean that's amazing. That you know, is. Yeah. Well, and this was really um, in the early 1700s. It was the the, the western frontier. This is the gateway to the west. <laughs> that's just, so just they yeah. take the ferry. You have to take the wheels off the wagon, take them across. Then you could bring the animals over, take them across. Then you take the goods over. Then you take them. So it was a long trip just to get yeah. across because this is a mile mile wide at that time mm-hmm. and very very non-navigable. What we see today. Is not what the river looked like back then. I mean, I knew very, they had locks and yeah. yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Okay. Was that so? That's kind of your your why you you chose why history. Chose history. Yeah. 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 So, and um, so tell me about your work at the Columbia Historic Preservation Society. Well, I came here in 2009 when the uh, elderly people who were running it just couldn't do it anymore. Uh, it was Bob and Florence Miller passed away. She was the past president, and then we uh, took it over. Uh, it was a new group, uh, but when I started doing my walk around, I volunteered here before, but mm-hmm. uh, 
she was real like real close to this place and really wouldn't let me do it a lot. So right. basically, I just bailed out again because mm -hmm. it was sort of like a lockdown type right. of museum. Open like three hours per week. It was just not doing anything. And uh, I started doing a walk around, and then I started knowing that there was mold uh, in like the main hall. Uh, uh, it just didn't smell right. Let's put mm -hmm. it that way. Right. So I started doing a walk around and went to the back basement. They actually drywalled, you being in a restoration, uh, they actually drywalled a stone basement. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that's what yeah. you'd say. With with water pouring down from rains over the years. Yeah. So we had a major mold problem, uh, especially with all the archives. The white uh, display cases that lined the main hall were all brown from oh, the mold goodness. and spores. Uh, so I had a major mold problem, yeah. and we had fifty thousand dollars in the bank. So as new directors, all brand new <laughs> directors, we had to make some really, really drastic right. change, you know, yeah. decisions. Uh, one of my directors at that time wanted to tear both buildings down, throw everything out, and start new. To me, she wasn't from Columbia, and I said that will never happen. Not one photo will leave this building. Yeah. Uh, even with a woman and with a child in her arms, will never leave this building. We will rebuild this. We will save everything because mm -hmm. it was saved before. Right. So I bought in one of the best mold specialists in the United States. Because being a museum, you want to bring in the uh, best. Yeah. Uh, he went down into the back basement. And when I heard, oh, my mother, Lord, <laughs> he came up. He did uh, Katrina. He did everything. Oh, yeah. He was in all these big. Uh, he said that had to be one of the most worst mold uh, areas he's ever seen. Right. So we had to get another mold remediation team in here. Uh, we had the temperature control everything in the building. I had to get bring air conditioning in. So I told uh, my directors, I said, let's spend $40,000 out of that $50,000. Keep $10,000 for our bills right. or some fundraising and uh, and get this cleaned up. So we brought Zach Saravic from Indoor Solutions in. And he's actually the gentleman who saved the 9-11 flag up in New York. Oh, okay. So he knew what he was doing. Mm -hmm. uh, for some reason, all the motor radiation guys are rushing. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, he came in and became a really good friend of mine. And they just did. They went through this whole building, cleaned everything, uh, gave us a new fresh start. And uh, But that one woman who wanted to uh, uh, tear everything down, throw everything out, uh, she became the terror. She sued me out. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so it was really hard, you know. I'm I'm helping my mother at the Columbia Market House yeah. for 20 hours a week. I'm working 70 hours as a manager up in Harrisburg, and then put 40 hours in this place. Oh my goodness! Uh, and that didn't need people to, you know. Uh, so yeah. I'm a strong will. I'm a, I'm an Italian from Columbia. Uh, I wasn't going to take any of her crap, right. and, and uh, I basically uh, turned the pages on her, and uh, she's no longer in the state of Pennsylvania. <laughs> uh, being a good uh, U.S. attorney helped me out, and we got her out of the state and yeah. before she caused any more harm to this town because she started doing, you know, going after everybody in this town. Oh, we didn't do that. She, she yeah. makes her presence once in a great while to me, but that's just the love she shows for me. <laughs> so, shows but me but you know what? She's still thinking about yes. you. <laughs> yes. But it gave, me, it gave us a new start and new yeah. things to and the passion is really even more, I think, for myself now. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. And more of a community. Yeah. And this is a beautiful building. It um, is. 1850 yeah. Evangelical Lutheran Church. Yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, we, we still have a long way to go. Yeah. It's been but 10 years, but I feel confident yeah. we'll get there. But, yeah, the water, we, we always talk about water being the biggest yeah. problem in, in an older, well, in any building, but in an, definitely in an older building, when you trap it like that, mm -hmm. 
I mean, if you, if, if, even if the water was sitting in the basement, if you right. hadn't, if it hadn't been trapped behind the drywall, you wouldn't have had all those problems. Exactly. I mean, not that water standing in your basement's ideal, but at least, right. at least it wouldn't be causing mold. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, and then I was big on temperature control, but we were learning all about temperature control in buildings. Right. Uh, actually, we have other maintainers that put the same there because they know I'm so basically anal on temperature control. Right. I keep the humidity down on both buildings. Uh, to a level that I know it won't, but, but you know, the people who ran it before me for 15, 20 years would turn the heat off in the wintertime and it would be cold in here. Well, when you bring it back up the temperature up in springtime, that's mold yeah. for season. Oh, yeah. So then you're going to get, yeah. so every article in these, these two buildings were just covered with mold. So oh, it, was, yeah. it was a disaster. But we, we cleaned it up. We had a new start, and that was the biggest thing. Yeah, that, that's important. Yeah. yeah. I did. I actually do know that, that it needs to be like 60, 70 degrees. Six, yeah. yeah. 60% <laughs> is my, yeah. if something ain't 60%, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm really like, you know, but but like I said, we may not have the prettiest thing, but we sealed the windows. We did things that we needed to do right. to secure people that, well, it's obvious future. And you preserve the building and, and, and the, the contents. And the right, okay. exactly. So, so, well, I, I think I think you did it. I think you did a good job. And and sometimes those decisions aren't easy to make, mm -hmm. but they're 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 the right thing to do. And then you just have to kind of figure out how to how exactly. to see it through. Exactly. So, tell me about the legend of is it Albatwitch? Albatwitch. 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 We've heard that. Yeah, okay. We hear everything. <laughs> Albatwitch. We hear everything. <laughs> it's one of those names. But Albatwitch uh, actually. Uh, we knew the legend was around, and it was a friend of mine, Rick Fisher, and I, seven years ago, decided to say, hey, you know, let's start a festival in town here, uh, the Albatwitch Festival. And we were like, what's an Albatwitch, first of all? Well, in Pennsylvania Dutch means apple witch. Okay. Uh, it starts, we, we, we hear stories of the Susquehannock Indians actually seeing this creature. It's a four to five foot creature okay. that's very nimble, knows how to climb trees. Uh, we always uh, hear stories about the large, large yellow glowing eyes. Okay. Uh, my brother, actually, in teenage years, I remember him coming home very terrified. Uh, he was at the Prospect One Lane Tunnel. That's where there was really no homes mm -hmm. out there. Yeah. And he goes through it with his friend, and they see this, this thing jump down chasing a rabbit uh, right in front of their headlights. And he would say it was like so super fast. Oh, yeah. and, and it was running so after this rabbit, and they they called it the devil baby, you know. Of course, you know, right. and uh, of course everybody says, "What are you smoking that?" Night? Of course, <laughs> it's always that that answer, you know. But so you know, we decided let's start this thing because you know we know it was around. So we dug up so much history about well, this. Well, I was gonna creature. I was gonna say that you yeah. have on your website the. Yes. Um, a lot of the articles, the articles these, from 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 hundred years ago. Oh, hundred years yeah, ago. Yeah. I mean, when the when the Cub Scout, the Boy Scouts would go out camping outside Columbia, uh, the the Boy Scout leader would say, "Okay, boys, let's go out looking for an Albatwitch." You mm -hmm. know, so it was sort of like a thing we did. Uh, 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 apple snitching when you hold oh, a yeah. bag down and you chase the little critters into your bag <laughs> and you scare your friend who's never done it before. <laughs> yeah, we, it was a, a big folklore yeah. thing, but. Uh, you know, but we we've gathered up sightings right up until 2012 of this creature. I actually did a uh, a lecture on the Abitwitch for Shanks Mayor Kayaking Company over in Wrightsville, oh, yeah. and uh, uh, nobody raised their hands when I asked them, "Did you, anybody ever see a, a strange creature?" And uh, uh, until the next day, a gentleman emailed me about a creature over in Windsor. Him and his father-in-law came. They heard the noise outside in the tree. They went out with flashlights and shined it up, and they saw this big large creature like like hanging on the branches and oh, climbing and just took off 
So, and then Rick Fisher actually saw one in 2003, he writes about it in his book, that he trailed out of Mary, the pike. So we do have a lot of sightings of it. Uh, it's nocturnal, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we, but we call it, you know, every, you know, we got different like Bigfoot conventions oh, and, yeah. and all this other stuff going on. Let's start an Albatwix festival. So uh, it's our seventh year. Uh, so uh, we decided to uh, uh, take it upon ourselves. Our first year, we had like 2,000 people show up. And, uh, but uh, it's, it's bringing some great speakers in. You know, okay. We got some great speakers coming in this year, even though with COVID and everything. Right. But the Albatwitch is something that we can grow. And the whole town should cherish this. Right, right. You got great history already. <laughs> Let's just yeah. add to it. I mean, right. I mean, I had a documentary company from the UK, a pretty big documentary company, Dream Vision, right. called me up and said, "Hey, we want to do a, 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 a documentary on the Albatross." So that's what we want to hear. Right, know? right. We well, and it, it'll bring. Different tourists. Different tourists. <laughs> well, trust me, I've seen the creatures come out the last seven years, or six years. I've seen some creatures come out. Uh, some scary ones. I always tell my volunteers keep an eye on that one. You know? so, yeah. I, I, we, um, Jonathan and I, several years ago, um, went to the, the ghost um, dinner at the Aftermath Inn. Okay. And we were sitting there, and I, you know, it was we were at a table with people we didn't know because they just sat everybody together, and I. They, the guy was talking about how much his ghost hunting equipment was. And I was being funny because I think I'm pretty funny. Right. And I said to Jonathan, I said, can you imagine going to the bank and asking for a loan for ghost hunting equipment? <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. And the lady, the lady beside me got really offended and said that, that she thought a bank would give you money for that. Wow. And she was very upset with me wow. that I was not a true believer. Wow. <laughs> I never spent that much money on my ghost hunting equipment because I don't feel like that's necessary, but they'll come out when they want to come out. They, they, you know, remember, they're watching you before you see them, just like an Albatwitch, you know. Well, I think that's, um, and that reminds me too, um, I know Landis Valley does their, um, oh, I can't think of what the, the like a heritage day. Well, they do a, a bee sniff girl or I don't oh, know. Okay. It's a, um, it's, like it's the, it's, it's the Santa Claus that comes to punish bad children. Oh, it's okay. a, it's a Pennsylvania oh, Dutch. Yeah. That's a bee snickle, something uh, like that. Bell snickle. Yes. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking though, it's similar. My, you know, my mother, when she ran the Columbia Market house, had a guy come in. He was dressed as bell snickle. <laughs> she thought he was a vagrant. Oh, so goodness. she called the police on him and got him kicked out of the market house. And she oh, wouldn't let him convince a bell snickle, you know? That's really funny. <laughs> oh, so tell me, um, tell me about some because with the with the um, the festival, then you also do Columbia Ghost Stories also? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you ghost tour. Yeah. We're having actually a fright night at the museum on okay. uh, Saturday, October 31st, where Rick Fisher will show uh, slides on his new book. Uh, and then uh, and then we'll do out on tour on the streets. And we do factual tours. I mean, okay. I've been to Gettysburg. Uh, yeah. We do have Mark Nesbitt coming for Albatwist this year. Mm -hmm. He's the, the owner of Gettysburg Ghost Tours. Okay. So he's a big follower. Yes. I believe his stories. He does true stories. Mm -hmm. But a lot of your ghost tours are some of false. You right. know? They don't right. gather up the true history of yeah. it. Uh, Rick and I, when I'm done with the history, that he goes in with the ghost tours. Or we'll do both together. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we've actually had a lot, a lot of different ghosts actually, like in the museum here, they'll pop up once in a great while. The market house, little Katie Durbro, which I have a picture of her, which okay. I'll show on my tour. Yeah. Uh, she actually, uh, uh, when I go in and say, is Katie, are you here? And she'll, you hear this little, 
like that. Yeah. And she'll let you know that she's there. Of course, everybody's whipping out their cameras up <laughs> trying, to, trying to catch Katie. <laughs> Katie's not just giving herself up. Katie doesn't do photo ops. You know, but the, the Dungeons and the Market House yeah. is, uh, which hopefully when they're done renovating on the Market House, we'll get to it. So they're from 1834. Okay. And they're like, like is the fa- so the foundation's older than the yes okay yeah just yeah. the front part there's yeah. six cells downstairs yeah. uh, but they're they're just uh, there's a solitary confinement cell that's just absolutely vintage uh, I had a retired uh, state corporal state police corporal come to me he says if we had jails like that we wouldn't have prisoners <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think I did it's an eastern um, state, state penitentiary yeah. yeah. And that, that it was all, the be in solitary confinement yeah. all that time yeah. would be that would be yeah. I think that would be really hard. Yeah. Yeah. So I used to run a theme yeah. park down there for my mother to raise money, and I did that for four years. Nightmares of the Dungeons. And yeah. My brother actually used to have to walk me down. That's how terrified I was. Oh, did he? Oh yeah. There's a lot of stuff that I did recordings down there, yeah. and we came out not good. <laughs> Women screaming, things like that. Uh, it was bad. Yeah. It was bad. So. I'm terrified of ghosts, so just yeah. let, you know. And, and, you're, and you're, here you are doing all these tours. I know, isn't that crazy? <laughs> Don't worry, I'll be the first to run, people. So I always tell them, I, if you see me run, and run, you know? And, you know I'm not going to chase after them, that's for sure. Uh, you know? But, yeah. but Albertwitch is, you know, it's growing, it's getting bigger, you know, it's getting really a lot of media attention. Uh, that's what we really want, because we believe, you know, it's just not about... It's just not well, humans walking around in Columbia in history. Right. It's this creature was actually seen first in the United States in the here, right. Okay, right here in Columbia, which I think is really cool. So it's history, part of history. We got to cherish it. Some people may not like like it because it's a creepy creature uh, or, a, or uh, a myth. Yeah. But we have to take hold of it because it's, it's like people in West Virginia with Mothman. You know, right. Mothman. Yeah. It's it's part of the history. It's part of, it's the, part of the, the history of the area. Sure. I I agree. Sure. Yeah. So are there um are there like some I know you talked about the dungeons a little bit at the Columbia Market are there some like well known Columbia ghost stories or do you yeah, yeah, yeah. well you're sitting in it right now the museum oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah 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 we have, we have like five that roam around in here okay. that that uh, you know I, we brought people from New York to come down my mm-hmm. friend Rick he he brought them down they didn't know nothing about this building they yeah. didn't even know who I was right and he sits them down he gave them 15 minutes to walk around. And they sat down, and he asked them, what do you feel? I introduced myself. Mm-hmm. I said, what do you feel? They were pinpointing almost everything that we see in here. Oh, really? It was amazing. It was like, wow, you see the person pacing on the back steps? <laughs> you hear the babies crying where they had the, the baptism upstairs? Yeah. Or the, the, the African-American woman in the kitchen? We, we actually had a visitor last year yeah. come up to our front desk and say, who's the African-American woman in the kitchen? We're like, the, the, my, my mom like, there's nobody back there, right. but they seen her. You know? yeah. So she, she don't like anybody in the kitchen. Well, uh, she's kitchen. laughed at me, yeah. whistled at me, not the good whistle either. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, she does things to me sometimes. Yeah. But, but she don't like people in the kitchen. So, but, but there's other ghost stories, you know, that we do in town uh, that are factual. That you know, mm-hmm. like, like the Raceberry Mansion, things like that. Oh yeah. That you know they don't they don't like to talk about, but. It happens, you know, but we, we've gathered up some great stories. Oh, that's great. And, uh, that, and that tour, that's the Fright Night at the Museum. Fright Night on, at the Museum. Well, then we're doing the Haunted first. Trolley Tours out of Twitch Night. Yeah. Uh, 7 and 9 p.m. 7 and a 9 p.m. tour. Uh, so we're going to be taking the trolley for the first time. And during Albertwitch, we I like to take the trolley up into Chickies. I'll tell stories about this during the day so kids can take the ride. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go up the old Kleinsville Road up into the backside of Chickies, the dark area. 
and uh, we'll actually line up. It's just a tradition now. I've uh, been doing it for five years. We all throw apples into the woods to commemorate the creature, <laughs> right? And it's huge. People love doing it. Yeah. Five hours per person. That's basically the only thing you got to pay for besides food. And they all throw it. So at nighttime during the tour, we're going to go up into the feeding grounds in the dark. Okay. So if you're afraid of the dark <laughs> and don't know what's in the dark woods, it should be thrilling. I don't even, I don't know how I'm going to take it. So because I always tell the kids to keep their hands in the windows because you never know when they're going to jump on top of the roof, the roof of the, the yeah. trolley. And plus that same road there was a uh, back in 1896 there was a bad trolley accident uh, on a Sunday afternoon that killed six people uh, and uh, it hurt a lot of people. So we're we're told there's people who roam that land. Okay. Uh, so they're, they're, we never know where we're going to see up a Clydesville road in the dark. Yeah. So it should be exciting. But mm-hmm. we, we know there's a woman in a dress that walks the road. And plus, we're going to stop near the Mount Zion AME Cemetery, okay. uh, which is one of the oldest African-American cemeteries in our town. Yeah. So which has Civil War soldiers under uh, abolitionists and yes. things like that. So, yep. Okay, well, very good. Well, um, what um, trends or challenges do you see in um, in preservation? Or just well, from preservation? Your, yeah, 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 in general, I mean, like what from your yeah, little I mean, vantage yeah, point? I mean, yeah, funding. I mean, funding yeah. is the number one thing. I right. Mean, being a nonprofit is you know when when the, back in the during the recession when they took all that funding away from oh, yeah. us. You know, where do we go? I mean, what you know. You can only like you know not put somebody, but you you want each town to have history. Right. You don't want one big building in the center of the county to have that history. You right. want these towns to gather and rally around to have the preservation mm-hmm. of their articles right. of of, of uh, history, and that's a that's the, the 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 sort of the route a lot of people are going to shut down museums. Or what's going to happen during after COVID? Right. Are they going to be able to survive? And all the articles get auctioned off. Or they get put into a bigger museum somewhere else, right. and that's the sad thing because we shouldn't have to go through that because volunteers are very hard to find. Right. I only actually have one volunteer who lives in Columbia, and all of my other directors yeah. have, they live outside of town because they feel I don't want to live in Columbia. I haven't lived here in over 25 right. years, but I come back here because I know there's people want to hear about our history. I do lectures, I do uh, classes at Penn State of York. I have mm-hmm. eight book for hopefully this late fall and early spring. Uh, is teaching people. I love talking about Columbia history. Right. I always remember one lecture three years ago, Brethren Village up in Linux. Mm-hmm. You know, of course it was, you know, and, uh, you know, everybody looking at me, oh my God, he's from Columbia. You <laughs> know, because Columbia had that 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 bad rap of yeah. prostitution and things like that right. back in the day. So I had to break it down for him. I said, look, uh, how many of your parents told you to drive around Columbia, not through Columbia? And half of them raised their hand. I said, well, you know what? Columbia is a great town. And right. You got to. Well, and I was that. never, I was never, and no, I was never aware of all of the history oh, yeah. here um, in, until maybe ten years ago. Right. Of like when I started talking about Rand, to Randy Harris about the Underground Railroad right. and learning about you know, all the industry that was here, and oh, and, and it was a huge, it huge. was a huge booming town. Huge. huge. Very yeah. self-sufficient, yeah. You know, but you know, you're talking about almost the capital of the United States, almost capital of Pennsylvania, right? The home of the Underground Railroad, which is proven now that we are uh, the stopping the Confederacy across the river. You know, yeah. uh, you know, these are monumental moments, and you know, and now we're I'm working on the uh, uh, 
one of the most famous cookie guys that started his business up here, Godfrey Kieber. Kieber cookies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He started down on Front Street. Oh, his really? original ad in 1846. <laughs> so these are the type of people, this is how we grow our history. Right. If you yeah. don't do the research, before I got here, it was sort of stagnant. Right. We didn't have much going on. It was, and, and, and now we, people are starting to see the light that, hey, Columbia is not a bad town after all with all the history we have sitting right here right. Uh, but we have to work together to make it that way yeah. I mean, and there are some beautiful buildings oh the architecture is yeah. phenomenal yeah. urban all those guys yeah. you know uh, too bad the trains the reading train station frank force one of the best architects yeah. in the world yeah you know, he built that so yeah the architecture wise in columbia is amazing yeah. you know? and I, I i never i never knew that before i was you know coming here to for history reasons right i because you know it's easy to drive right past on 30 oh, yeah. and never get yeah, exactly. And that's what the depiction is. Right. When people get off of 30 and you turn on 3rd Street and you see these run-down houses. That's most people's depiction of the town. Right. And that shouldn't be because if you really travel in the town and really go uptown and see all these big, beautiful mansions and stuff there, oh, yes. you have to understand, even during the Depression in Columbia, I don't find much about the Depression in Columbia, mm. history about it, because yeah. the owners lived in this town. They, su they supported yes. the workers because... Yeah. Some of the best workers there were was the Columbia people, right. you know, and that's why Armstrong and all these other companies yeah. were hiring. Did the um, what what was like the the when did the town start? Pennsylvania to Railroad. The downtown. The Pennsylvania. Railroad. This was home base for Pennsylvania Railroad, yeah. so they move everything to Enola. Uh, so you got to remember all the big manufacturing companies like Columbia Wagon Company. Mm -hmm. you know, they're famous because they built Chevy and Ford truck bodies back in the 1910s, okay. up in the 20s. All the delivery trucks in New York City came from that building. So they moved rails. They put yeah. them on the rails. Uh, the Keeley Stove Company, you actually had, you know, OK Machinery. You had all the uh, Wilson Laundry Machinery, oh, yeah. Laundry. You had all this big equipment type places that were shipping all over the United States. So you take the trains out and right. the depots, the, the 40 any, train roundhouse, yeah. you take all that away, you, don't you, you had nothing. Yeah. Right, exactly. So all the workers started leaving the town. And that's where all the business started falling down. And you could see it in the uh, industry in town. I mean, the, the shops and the restaurants yeah. and just take a floor. Because we had, one time we had four movie theaters downtown. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was including the opera house with right. the silent, silent yeah. movies. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a booming little town. They used the shops everywhere. You didn't have to leave the town. And then you had the trolley. You didn't need to buy a car. Right. You know, but when the railroad moves out, I, yeah, that's sort of the demise. That, I shouldn't say the mind. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of, you know, people actually had to go venture out now to get a job outside of Columbia right. when they, the workforce was huge in this town. Right. I mean, I know the Pennsylvania Railroad hired over 800 workers here, uh, and then it was 200 for the Reading in Columbia. So that's 1,000 out of the 10,000 people right. in town that's are working huge, for just yeah. a railroad. Yeah, and that's and then, not even the industry. It's not even the industry. We had the silk mills. We had the... We had all this you know, mm -hmm. stuff that was getting shipped yeah. out. The, the lumber. The yeah. lumber. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that was the sad part about Columbia. And they should have been prepared for it. You know, and we, they didn't. So it became yeah. that little thing. And, and that, you see that a lot of places in in America. Right. And, and I think it's probably the world. Right. Everybody thinks it's going to just stay right. the same. Right. <laughs> and and it's hard. It's hard when it's hard when the when the economy or the right. industry changes. Um, but you, you know, but we should have looked at more, more of the urban renewal, the renovations mm -hmm. of homes, because in Columbia, you know, five years ago, you can get a three thousand square foot home, well built with brick, 
for less than a hundred, hundred twenty-five thousand oh, yeah. dollars. Yeah. You know, when I purchased my house for one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars, made it sticks and sticks and siding. You right. Know? Yeah. And was I stupid? Yeah, I was stupid. <laughs> I should have bought one of those great right. homes that yeah. were built to last forever yeah. by the, the the great hands of, of hard workers mm -hmm. compared to these guys who are just coming in and just build a house yeah. in two days. You know. So realistically, you know, preservation in our town. I see a lot going on in our town for preservation. I think there's more of a push too for for heritage tourism, whether it's right. the, whether it's the river or right. the history. Right. Yeah. So, now that we have our yeah. trail system going on, uh, with over 100,000 bikers and hikers a year mm -hmm. now, uh, that's amazing. You know that trail helps, but we have to figure out how to get them up in those towns. And, and we're, so we're doing this plaque tour, Columbia uh, Economic Development Corporation, uh, our group and uh, the uh, Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce, uh, which you can get a brochure, it's an app. You can go around, we'll start with 10 plaques around town and you can visit a lot of these historic places uh, such as Hinkle's, one of the first egg dyes, Easter egg dyes in the nation. Uh, uh, Samuel Evans, who writes a historical uh, book about the, the county, uh, but it was actually uh, very historic, one of the first to write uh, articles about the Underground Railroad in the okay. newspapers, one of yes. the first in the nation to do that. And then his daughter, who's even just as big as he is, uh, Lillian, who's the first DAR member in the country, in the state of Pennsylvania. Oh, really? Yeah. So she's only 40, 41st in the nation to mm -hmm. sign up for DAR. So she's pretty big for mm -hmm. DAR members, Yeah. Uh, things like that. So these, this tour will take you around, but it's the, like you said, it's to walk around and look at the beautiful architecture, right. like a huge north home over here on 3rd and oh, yeah. uh, uh, second in uh, Cherry is the big mm -hmm. home. I mean, you know what? Uh, North, what is named? It's something. Oh, uh, the museum. North Museum yeah. is named after him. Yeah. So you know, the, the, beautiful. It has seven chimneys in it. Oh my Absolutely gorgeous place. <laughs> That's out of control. It's out of control. That's a lot of wood cut. You, know? you better have a good hired help for that one. But you know, I don't. But, the, uh, but that was the type of what they were talking about. Right. Building something that's going to last forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amazing. And there's really early because you have the the Wrights Ferry House, yep. then that's what 1730. 1736. Yeah, 36. Yeah. And you got William Wright's yeah. house sits beside it at mm -hmm. 1795, yeah. and you know that has like little tricks in it. Which we'll talk about on the tour. Okay. Uh, and uh, that's where uh, he took in slaves, mm -hmm. and he documented when he would claim habeas corpus on the Lancaster County Court saying that they, if they go back, they're going to get harmed. Right. So why don't you just turn them over to me? Well, he would bring them to Columbia, take them in that house and document that. Oh, okay. And we never saw his documents. We know they're buried somewhere. So, but, that's I mean, that's problem. amazing to take yeah. hundreds and hundreds of slaves into your house and into yeah. the parlor and document them and put them to work in Columbia. And they are actually citizens in Columbia. Right. So, and right now we're working on Toe Hill right now, up on Fifth Street. That's the most, one of the most historic a black abolitionist in our country that that hid many slaves up in that area. Yeah. So uh, that's the type of stuff that we do research on to keep a, keep our heritage going. Well, and that's know. important. And I think that you are ahead of that curve. I think more more historical sites and museums have started to realize that they need to be more inclusive in right. their in their in the stories that they tell. Right. But I think you were doing that at least ten years ago that I'm oh, yeah. that I'm aware of. Yeah. Um, exactly. And I think and I think that that's really important because I think. People once they they can buy in if they right. feel like they're part of the story right. too. Right, and yeah. I, I tell that to a lot of us. We get together now. A lot of well, we just finally all met uh, last year. All the societies in the county, mm -hmm. which I thought was fantastic. Right. West guy about a Mannheim 
historical study got us all together. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, uh, you may not have the most history like me, or you know, right. but yeah. it's not about that. You know, it's about you know finding that little niche that you because people were going to visit you. Right. Uh, like you know, uh, I told Wes about you know uh, uh, Stephen Swales lives here in Columbia, eight years old. He's uh, mulatto. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, the race riots start here in Columbia, 1832, mm -hmm. and his family feels in danger, so they move to Mannheim. Okay, um, so they live. He lives there, grows up, and he goes on to enlist with the 54th Massachusetts, mm -hmm. where he climbs the whole rank of lieutenant. But here, the United States government thought he was white. He was mulatto. Yes, he's the highest-ranking official ever in the Civil War, being African American. Yeah. That's amazing. That is. So I told Wes. Take yeah. that story and run with it. Oh, man. yeah. Because I, I, I mean, I love the story of Stephen Swells. Right. Eventually, he moves to South Carolina, becomes a mayor, and becomes the senator, and becomes a good general of the. I mean, that's huge history that for is. somebody to, to learn about. Yeah. Find his home, mark it, say Stephen Swells lives right here, yeah. and people will come up and yeah. visit. Uh, yeah, they will. Yeah, they, they will. will. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I definitely agree. And I think it's good to every everybody to get together and talk about those things because sure. you might know things that they don't and then, right. you know, vice versa. Right. And I wanted to do a Christmas tour. Oh, uh, yeah. Every building, because uh, we got the trains here, mm -hmm. the museum and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and every week during the Christmas season, we'll get a bus, we'll rent buses out, charge people to get on the bus, and we'll go so many historical societies that are decorated for Christmas mm -hmm. and then have a tour every week you go to different societies oh, yeah. and look at their different displays. That's fun. That would be fun. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. but I just couldn't get them the traction going. <laughs> so maybe one year they'll do it. Yes, you know, but yeah. Yeah, that, that, that would be fun. You know, it's, it's funny when people say, you know, when they meet me, they think I'm going to be like 80 years old. They <laughs> say, you're not as old as I thought you were going to be. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I started young. You know? Well, I usually tell people I'm not as young as I was. So. <laughs> Oh, I'm not either, you know. That's why I wear a baseball cap to hide the ball, you know. But, you know, but, it, you know, but it's like, it's all about passion. You have to have a passion. You don't have passion in history, you don't get a dog. Right. You know, yeah. you're in other goals, stuff like that, don't do it. No. You know? Yeah, I agree. But digging in, digging into research, digging into is, is all about preservation. It is, it is all about preservation. It is. And, so. and it's keeping those stories alive. And I've yeah. talked about it a lot on the podcast, but I read a really interesting book that I hadn't thought about it this way before this year, but it's Slavery in the North is the name of the book, but he mm -hmm. wasn't a historian. He was, a, he's actually a psychologist and oh. he was talking about why did we lose the history of slavery in the North? And it's because right. we didn't document the places attached to it. It's not right. that places don't, aren't there. Right. We just didn't continue to document it. People right. move away, people die. Right. And nobody, rem nobody right. remembered. Must be out of Manheim Township, yeah, and here in Columbia because yeah. they had curfew all yeah, around like the sundown, sundown, yeah, town, yeah, sundown town, right? And that that was that was it had to be hard for them, you know, oh, to, yeah. to live yeah. like that. But they were honorable people, honorable, very honorable people, yeah. you know. Well, and and you had you know some very prosperous, oh yeah, um, African Americans here yeah. too that were making opportunities for other people, which right. I I think is, um, I mean, I'm sure they felt an obligation too, sure. yeah. yeah. Smith yeah. and Whipper are my two favorite brother-in-laws. Yeah. You know, they're they're just their story is just amazing. 
I'll be taking out an Underground Railroad tour this coming Saturday at 1 o'clock. Okay. Uh, mostly it's for Columbia people to understand their history and yeah. stuff. But I do have some people coming out. Uh, but I talk about Smith & Whipper, what they did uh, in the nation, African Americans. Oh, yeah. Amazing. We're two richest, wealthiest black men in the country. And they're sitting right down here with a lumber mill along the river. You know, you know what they were doing on right, the side. You know, right. but, but at least they were making an effort to get these people into good places yeah. and put them to work. I mean, yeah. Columbia went down in 1820 and bought two plantations in Virginia and brought all the slaves up here, oh, really? 157, yeah. and put them to work on the lumber mills. And mm -hmm. they were making money. They were yeah. not slaves. They were right. making money. Yeah. And that's why the race riots start because they got the whites got jealous. Oh, yeah. Because that's usually what work. happens. That's what usually happens. <laughs> well, we see riots today. It's not like it was back then, right. you know? <laughs> and there was the whites, and they ran those Africans. They ran those free slaves up there. Those wooden chickens. Um, they sat there for months without food or water. I, I, yeah. I guarantee the good whites from Columbia were taking food to churches, were taking food to yeah. Europe. And I don't think it was that bad for them, but they yeah. live up there for a long period yeah. until the race riots would stop. Does everything kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that would be that would be very very. It had hard. to be hard, but yeah. you know what? They didn't give up. Yeah. They 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 knew where their place was in America. They wanted to be free, and they went right back to work. You know, they raised well, families. Yeah, yeah, and and I think. That was the only option that they really had. Right. <laughs> really, they, they, they didn't have too much time. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. But um, yeah. but I, I, I you know, I, I, there's a um, like, who do you think you are? Or something, and it was I think it was John Wiseman, and and um, his one of his great grandparents was freed, but his children and his children were or his children weren't. I can't remember exactly how it was, but he took them all to Ohio. And then they came back and took his children from him. Wow. He freed his children. So wow. I think his children were given to him like right. as, and he freed them. Right. And that keeping them as owning them would have right. say, would have protected them. Right. And I'm thinking nobody explained the law to them yeah, <laughs> to, no, to, to, to no. say you know you 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 can you can say that they are enslaved, but right. you don't have to treat them that way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could have put a document in front right. of my children; they would not have been able to read right. it. Right. So they yeah. just sign here. You yeah. know what you're signing into. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Know, that's but but it was it was yeah. But but that was that fugitive slave time, and, right. and that was there was protection there. Right. Right. Yeah. Everybody was yeah. afraid up in the state. Yeah. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people in Columbia were afraid when that's fugitive. But William Whipper, you know, our Martin Luther King in the 1800s, which I always say he is. I mean, I have a speech up in uh, Canada he did, and Frederick Douglass opens oh, up yeah. for him. Oh, he really? opens up for him. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, that's pretty huge. Yeah, yeah I mean, that is. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, <laughs> yeah. You, I, yeah, so William Whipper, you know, he was just, uh, he was some of his grandkids, but he believed in temperance. If you were a slave oh, yeah. in the country, he believed in temperance. You're not allowed to drink. You're not going to disgrace our color. Well, yeah. And that was pretty big and set of big stepping stone in this town yeah, because yeah. of him. So. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to make sure that, that yeah. it was going to work for everybody. You yeah. weren't going to make, you weren't going to make a, make, make problems for him. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and most of the slaves that came up from the Virginia and Maryland. Right. So, when I did a lecture in the bridges, you know, all the slaves would come off the river. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I asked the last question when I did a history, I said, what was the color of the bridge? And they were like, red. <laughs> All these pictures are red. I right. said, no, it was white. It was whitewashed. Oh, yeah. Right? And I believe they, and Whipper, Smith and Whipper's lumber mill sat right there. I believe they whitewashed that on purpose for a symbol. So it was different. So, yeah, yeah a yeah. literate uh, African-American enslaved, mm -hmm. they say just 
white bridge. Yeah. It was easy for them to see this big white mile and a half long construction bridge, yeah. you know, and see Whipper and Smith down there. Yeah. So. Yeah. And and I we I I'm sure you saw it, but last year we went and saw the Harriet movie. Oh okay. And um, it was amazing. Like you know, stop here. You know, like and it was just like verbal because right. they weren't they 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 were illiterate. Right. And, oh, yeah. And, yeah. And yeah. so that is, it makes sense that you would have clues or symbols to. I've heard like people. I heard like you know follow the North Star. Well, I said, what if it's cloudy after two weeks? What are they gonna sit there and wait? You know, yeah. wait till the star comes yeah. or or peat moss on a tree? I'm like you know that. They had no sense of direction, no, you know, no. so they had to give symbols yeah, to figure out where they were going. And a big, large body of water to come up through and know this is your last step, you know, to freedom. You know, that's going to be huge. Yeah. So, yeah. so, very good. Well, is there anything that you would like to promote um, to our listeners? Oh, wow. Do we have another two hours? I'm only kidding. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I just, you know, people can come out, you know, okay. feel free to come out to Alba Twitch Day. It's like Saturday, October 17th. We have live music from Dillweed, Analog Watts. And then we have lectures by Rick Fisher, uh, Eric Altman, who's a Bigfoot expert, uh, one of the biggest in the country, and Mark Nesbitt from Gettysburg Ghost. And, uh, uh, and then you can hop on the trolley with me, and we have food, we have vendors, Bigfoot vendors, we have other vendors. <laughs> I'm a tarot card reader, uh, you know. Uh, but it's a fun day just to get out, you know, since COVID has taken over our lives, right. you know, it's time Something to get to out. outside. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, we yeah. are going by CDC guidelines, yeah. but everybody's going to be spaced. You know, we have Ann Annie's, Bricker Fries, Rose's Deli. We have some good food coming. Uh, donut guys from Marietta. Uh, but, you know, we, I just want people to come out and enjoy themselves yes. because it's time to get out and enjoy yourself. And, Get out. Hopefully, it's going to be a big, beautiful, sunny day. Yeah. I've never had any rain on any of my events, believe it or not. Okay. I've never had, yeah, believe it or not. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I like to keep the street going for the last yes. nine years I've yeah. been doing this. But, uh, but you know, I like to uh, that and then uh, Freight Night at the Museum on October 31st. Uh, but uh, I just want people to come and visit. When our, we have a train displays. Our, it's called the Egg King Memorial Open House Train Open House. Uh, we'll be doing uh, the first weekend after Thanksgiving, and we have two big, our 1,800 square foot train display on the second floor, which is amazing, uh, amazing artwork, uh, one of the best in the country. We have people all over the world has come to visit that display, and then I bring an O gauge lower on the lower level. So we have two big train displays free. Uh, we just ask for donations. Uh, so uh, we get very big crowds every Saturday and Sunday from one to four. Uh, but uh, you know, but like I said, it, it's all about keeping the history alive. For oh, me. Yeah. It's just uh, I know everybody always thought I was going to burn out after like five years of <laughs> the pressures I've been in. But you know what? It just keeps on getting better and better. Oh, and that's great. Yeah, yeah. all the research is just becoming better and bigger. Yeah. One day I'm going to close this chapter, but uh, I'm saying I. Don't think I can do any more research, and that's <laughs> that's going to be my vacation day. You know? Oh my goodness! Yeah. I, I I think that that I think that will be for a while. <laughs> yeah, I know. It will be. I'll probably be about ninety five <laughs> saying that. You know, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, if you're listening from a different area, you know, get involved. You know, I always say everybody should volunteer at least a couple hours a month to a nonprofit just to give them uh, to make a, you, you feel great about it. You know. Mm -hmm. and, uh, my work's tireless, you know, I, I, I do this voluntarily, and I've, I've known I've put 60, 70 hours in a week sometimes, you know, uh, but it's well worth it. I'm just, yeah. just, uh, uh, just to see people smile on their face and learn history, oh, yeah. that's 
have no idea yeah. that it's, it's, it's all about that. So, of course, keeping the doors open. Right, right. <laughs> well, how can someone contact you? Uh, they call, uh, my email is uh, columbiahistory717 at gmail.com. Or you can call me, text me at 717-572-7149 uh, for any tickets or anything you want me to do or lectures. I can do it at uh, different locations. Uh, I do many different style lectures from the Have you the done any... I was just thinking about your lectures. Have you done any like Zoom, like virtual? Or... No, I okay. never did one okay. yet. No, no, I never did one of those yet. Uh, uh, but, you know, it's always an open option for oh, me, yeah, yeah, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But I've done I know, 40, 50 lectures in the last several years. But okay. uh, I, it was funny when I did Penn State New York last year, and it was about Underground Railroad in Columbia. Mm -hmm. And... It was a full, he said, that's the first sellout we had all year. I'm like, God, they were, I'm from the other side of the river. I didn't think if you want to listen to me. And then all I was done is one woman, they raised her hand. She said, can you come back and tell us more stories about Columbia? Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's my heart. Yeah, so. that, and you're doing what you're doing what you want yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. It's fun very doing good. it. Well, thank yeah. you very much. Well, thank I you. I hope your audience uh, enjoyed, but, uh, you know, it's uh, come out and enjoy. You know, it's, yeah. it's. I think it's a it's a gem. The the Columbia is a gem. It is a gem. Yeah. I mean, but, but we have to get ourselves. Columbia has to be united mm -hmm. within itself to get things going. So, but we have good things we've got going on. So, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to the Practical Preservation Podcast. The resources discussed during this episode are on our website at practicalpreservationservices.com forward slash podcast. If you received value from this episode and know someone else that will get value from it as well, please share it with them. Join us next week for another episode of the Practical Preservation Podcast. For more information on restoring your historic home, visit practicalpreservationservices.com.